Welcome to the Presentation Boss Podcast. I'm Kate Norris. I'm Thomas Craft. And we're here to help you plan, design, and deliver your best presentation. Episode 50 of the Presentation Boss Podcast. We've arrived at the big 5-0. Yeah, it feels really significant. I'm just a little bit pleased with us that we managed to get to 50 episodes. 50 weekly episodes, too. Yeah. I think we've mentioned before that when we started the podcast, we were not sure of the longevity of it. We weren't sure that we'd have enough content. We thought maybe we'd run out of topics, we'd run out of guests, we'd run out of (laughs) TED Talks. That has not happened and won't for quite a while, judging by our little forward planner. Yeah, we've got heaps of stuff still ready to talk about. But still, I'm really happy that we got to 50. Yeah. And I'm a little bit proud of our podcast. Yeah, absolutely. High five for our 50th episode. Yeah. All right, shall we get into today's topic? Yeah. So we are continuing with being a little bit topical, a little bit delivering content that's needed right now. So today we are going to talk about online meetings and the considerations that you need when you are running an online meeting, because like a normal meeting, it is still a presentation. And unlike a normal meeting, there's just a little bit of different skill set required to run a successful online meeting. So what we're talking about here is team meetings um, via platforms like Zoom or Google Hangouts or Skype. Because we're seeing increasingly in the last few years the move towards holding online meetings, largely for convenience and accessibility and a whole range of reasons. But obviously in these last couple of weeks, that's really hockey-sticked and taken off uh, as a bit of a temporary stand-in measure. Yeah, it's basically the world's biggest immediate working-from-home experiment. (laughs) Yeah, so today we're going to talk about how to take the skills you have running meetings face-to-face with other humans to running them through a webcam with other humans. Or cats, because there's always a cat that manages to get in on a meeting. So I just want to start with, um, whenever we do online conference calling of any sort, like I said, there's a few options. Uh, We prefer Zoom for a few reasons, uh, and we see a lot of people use Zoom as well. So today we'll we'll probably touch on some of the user tips for Zoom, uh, but the same same advice is going to apply. Uh, It's just the specific button you need to click. You just might have to go and sort of find out yourself. Yeah. So just keep that in mind. So we have six discussion points that are going to help you to remain in control of your online meetings. Okay, number one is about your agenda. So this is before you actually ever get to the meeting. And that is to actually create an agenda. If you've got a team meeting or a project catch-up, a check-in, any sort of little huddle, an agenda is really important to have to make sure that you actually stick to your time and stick to your intent of your meeting. Because online meetings are a little bit, um, everybody is a bit comfortable. They're in their own home. They've got access to their own like kitchen. <laughs> yep. It's really easy for these meetings to blow out, become really long because people are comfortable. So if you make sure that you have an agenda, stick to it. And allocate time for each individual segment yeah. on that agenda. We've seen many times that you jump onto an online meeting and I'm not entirely sure what it is. I think when you've got the physical presence of other people, that kind of can hurry things up a little bit. But Mm. when it's just a screen, and like you say, you're comfortable, you're at home, you haven't moved away from your workstation in any way, it's really easy for that to just sort of drag out. So if you've got a number of items on an agenda that need to fit within a certain time frame, give each one of those segments its own time limit. So we're going to talk about this topic for 10 minutes, and you can watch the timer and make sure that that doesn't blow out segment to segment, which would then make the whole meeting run over time. Yeah. Absolutely. And in that, if you are speaking, whether you're a participant or running the meeting, 
try and be as succinct as possible with what you're saying to make sure that you stay within that time frame as well. Yeah, because as, as we'll talk about, there's actually an online meeting can take very slightly longer because in between anybody who's speaking, there's a bit of a transfer of the authority where mm. you're muting and unmuting somebody. So that takes a couple of seconds. So making sure that that's not taking forever because it's really hard then to wind in somebody who's speaking for a little bit too long. Mm. So to combat all of that, your first port of call is an agenda with specific outline for times for each segment. And do we share that with everybody on the meeting or is that a reference for just yourself running the meeting, do you think? I would share that with everyone, absolutely. Because then everyone knows we've got 10 minutes to... Talk about one thing. Yeah. Yeah. It sets expectations. Yeah, absolutely. Second area is a little bit to do with before you actually get to the meeting, a little bit of the setup, uh, but in the moments before uh, you jump onto the meeting. First thing to have a think about is when you're using a webcam, whether that's an external thing or on your laptop, is to make sure that what it's seeing and communicating to the other people in the meeting is a clean, clear shot of you. Now, what does this mean? It's really good to make sure that you've got a good headshot of yourself. This means that uh, it's nice and clear and it's positioned at around about your eye level. Have your head, your shoulders in shot, and that means when you make gestures and you're talking naturally, that happens up above the shoulders anyway. That's all in frame. Because I don't know how many webinars I've been on, and you're looking at like the top of someone's head, or the webcam's really low, and you're looking up their nose. Yes. The funniest one I've been on was a webinar that I went to a few nights ago. There was a man who literally fell asleep. It was a webinar, so he what? was just listening. Oh, yes, no. I'm not even kidding. And you could see up his nose and he was clearly lying in bed asleep. It was it was a little bit funny, but I also thought, oh no, this is probably not the best representation of himself that he would want. Maybe a bit too comfortable doing your webinars. In yeah. Bed. So I don't know if he knew anyone else on the webinar, but I a little bit hope not. <laughs> All right. Um, next tip, again, with your webcam, check what else it can see. Check what is in your background. Oh, yeah. Because it's your own house, it can be easy to kind of ignore and not see what's in your background. Um, But as soon as someone else looks into your house, they start looking around at everything that's in your house. So if you have a house that's like ransacked by the kids because they've been isolated and (laughs) stuck at home, it's a little bit what my house is like. It's not a great look. So the most important thing is just to make sure that your background is clean and tidy. If you can't get around it, if you have to be in your garage or something Hang up a sheet, literally get like a clothes rack or something, put a sheet over it and just have a plain solid background behind you. And that's basically to remove distraction. It's to remove people looking at your house and around in your background and not at you. Yeah. Again, this is just making a good representation of yourself online. Yeah. Like I think you normally, Kate, do it uh, against that clean wall, which is just like a yellow wall. Yep. Yep. Uh, Last thing I'll say setting up for success is if you've got a meeting and you know that you're going to be sharing your screen, so sharing some documents or or what have you, make sure before you start the meeting, you have those open and ready on your computer. Have them all open and stacked up there ready so you can just one click, have it open and you're not fossicking around looking for the right file and, you know, waiting for the PDF to load and all of that. Just be super ready electronically before you get that meeting started. Yeah, because in a physical meeting, you would literally take those documents with you. But when we get to online meetings, you think, oh, I've got my computer there. I'll be able to just find it when I need it. But we've all seen the guy that can't find his document and he goes through 17 folders before he finds 
that one document that he needs. Have it open beforehand. So number three, when we get in the meeting, is all about how to maintain control of that discussion that's happening. Because in an online meeting, everybody has the same opportunity to be able to see, to speak. It's, it's kind of quite a, uh, a roundtable sort of affair. So if you're running the meeting, laying the expectations for how you maintain the control throughout that meeting in the way that you want it. Mm. The first really big thing that always crops up, if you've got 20 people in a meeting, that means you've got 20 microphones active out there in the world somewhere picking up any weird noise. Cats, kids, sinks, partners. <laughs> Crows, rain, <Yep>. wind. <laughs> yeah. Someone eating their lunch. Yep. Or really the most distracting one is when you get feedback through somebody's speakers and then back into their microphone. Mm, or they're typing or something. So when everybody jumps in, make sure that you mute everybody, like mute their microphone, so that none of that's going to come through. Now, you will need to explain it because often people will jump into an online meeting and go, oh, I'm muted, and panic and unmute themselves, which means, you know, we're back where we started. And then you'll mute them and they'll unmute themselves. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> and you can't be spending your entire meeting just making sure that they're muted. So setting that expectation straight yeah. up. Explain to everybody, hey, we're going to be muted for this whole meeting. In the event that uh, I need you to talk, I'll unmute you. Because otherwise, if somebody tries to unmute themselves at the same time you try to mute them, it just undoes itself and it, it's an awful loop. Mm. So maintaining that control and saying, if I need you to speak, I'll unmute you and you'll be able to speak. But otherwise, I need everybody to keep their microphones off. The next one is about other people's video. Obviously, if you're running the meeting, you ideally want your video on. If you're going to be the main person speaking or holding control of that meeting, you need your video to be on. But it's also a good idea to encourage your participants to have their video on. This is for quite a number of reasons. First up, if somebody's video is off, it is so easy for them to lose engagement because they know they're not being watched. They might wander away to make themselves a cup of tea, <laughs> to try and multitask and do something else, either at their computer, at their desk, with their phone. It just makes it really, really easy for them to check out of the meeting. So having the video on does help to limit that a little bit. You can also just tell that they're actually there. Yeah, absolutely. It also helps when you are the facilitator or if you are speaking to see people's reaction to what you are saying. You're not just speaking into the ether. You can actually speak to faces. Yeah, speaking to faces to people is so much easier and better. So the question is, can you force people to turn their video on? No, but you can absolutely suggest it. It might require you to be that little bit assertive. So maybe if you have that phrase ready to go and you don't have to study your way through it at the time, but having a phrase like, hey, I'll just get everybody to turn their video on so we can really interact and connect and hold the most interpersonal meeting that we possibly can while we're remote. Yeah, our business coaches have a, um, they have a weekly meeting and the guy who runs that, he's super assertive, but... It's, it's what's needed. He's certainly not rude about it. And he always just says, oh, hey, welcome in. Make sure you get your video on, guys. And like, if yours isn't on, because I've sometimes forgotten to plug my webcam in, he's like, hey, Thomas, where's your webcam? Are you able to get that on? It's just setting the expectation. and It doesn't feel rude at all. No, it's just part of almost the housekeeping of just running a meeting in this format. Yeah, it's like, hey, we want you to be in the room properly for this. So I want to talk a little bit about the chat function because I know Zoom absolutely has a text chat box um, and the other platforms have some version of it. It can be really easy because you can broadcast uh, a message into the whole meeting inside that chat box, which can sometimes be a bit distracting if like chitter chatter breaks out, which I've seen happen. 
So it can be very worthwhile to do two things here. The first is to consider assigning a chat monitor. I've been running sessions and the chat sort of, there's a lot of good stuff going on, but me as the presenter trying to engage uh, verbally and visually with the participants, I just don't want to be pausing and being distracted by the chat box. So making sure that there's somebody in there who is simply reading along and if need be answering any questions that come up. Or I know when we run stuff, Kate, um, like if I'm presenting, Kate will be my chat monitor. And so I'll get to the question answer session. I'll be like, okay, we're going to go to the questions now. Kate, are there any good questions that have come up? And Kate will say, yes, we've got one here from and read it out to me. It makes it so much smoother, faster and more professional. Yeah. And it's certainly worth having a quick chat to your chat monitor before the meeting, outlining your expectations, what you want of them. No, it may not go smoothly the first time, but after that, it is such a worthwhile investment of five minutes to talk to someone about being your chat monitor. Yeah. And the chat may be very quiet and that's fine. But if it gets a bit of momentum up, it is invaluable to have that person looking at it. For sure. And this is actually a really good way to empower maybe a quieter member of the team as well. It's just a lot of different advantages to having a chat monitor. The second thing to do is to outline the expectations for how the chat box is used. Obviously, first of all, is encouraging people to use the chat box for just conversation that's relevant to the meeting and not, you know, chitter chatter about the, the weather and health and whatnot. The other thing is I like to outline a number of what I would call indicators. So this is, hey guys, if you've got a question, I want you to jump into the chat box, type a capital Q followed by your question. Mm, yep, if yep, you, yep. And, and you can pick whatever letters and whatever uh, phrases you want. Sometimes I have uh, C for challenges. Sometimes I use a W for wins. You might use A for actions, I for insights, you name it. You can pick what you want, but it really helps the chat monitor to keep up with what it is that people are actually saying. Is this a question? Is it a statement? Is it a follow-up? That little bit of discipline and outlining it at the start of your meeting can make a huge difference to how efficient that chat box is being used. Mm. Okay, number four. We're in the meeting. We've set up our expectations. We've got our documents open. We've got our agenda. We're all set up. We're actually into the meeting now. And we need to think about our voice and body language online. There's a couple of weird things that happen with a camera, and we did discuss this in our last episode. The camera removes a lot of expression and a lot of body language, and so your voice ends up carrying a much larger load, and you need to make a much bigger effort to make sure that there is energy in your voice and there is energy in your face. (laughs) Because for some reason, a camera and even a microphone can wipe away so much expression. Oh, yeah. If I spoke normally in a podcast how I do in in real life, I actually sound really monotone. I have to make a bit of a conscious effort to put a lot more colour in my voice, to put a little bit more energy in, and especially to smile. <laughs> yeah. Because it is very easy for someone like me, because I somehow find it exceptionally easy to look bored, tired or drunk for no good reason it's just what happens <laughs> at least you weren't the guy that fell asleep in that webinar right true it could be worse. <laughs> <laughs> but the point is we need to be very careful and conscious about our voice and our body language that we use online watch yourself on the screen a little bit have a think about how you might be perceived and is that the representation you want of yourself if you have a personal brand that has a little bit of energy you want to be careful that you don't completely wipe that 
once you jump on camera. And I guess if you want a bit of feedback on that, you could either ask somebody who's in the meeting or I know Zoom at very least, you can record a meeting. So just hit the record button and watch yourself back. Yeah. Number five, we know it can be uh, a little bit more difficult through the online medium to get interaction from people. And that's largely because, A, everybody's microphone is off, so you can't ask people yes or no. You kind of have to get them to raise their hand or nod or something that you can see. But also just because it's not it's not like you're looking at physical people. You're kind of looking at a screen. So it can be just a little bit harder to think about those people and to hand over the control a little bit in any sort of way. So you need to make a little bit of an extra effort to have interaction. Now, we know, depending on what you read, it's a really good idea to have some sort of interaction every at least 10 minutes, if not a little bit more. Now, this means, like I said, it could be something like getting people to do something, uh, whether that's write something down, uh, give you a little wave, jump into the chat box with your next question, something that helps to avoid people zoning out and remaining engaged in your meeting. And with that, from your participants' perspective, it's much easier to interact with a face they can see. So like we said, make sure that your video is on as much as possible. And that's even when you're screen sharing, make sure that your video is on so that your face is up in the corner and people can still see you. Yeah. So then our point number six is around slide design. Do you want to talk about this? Oh, I'd love to talk about slide (laughs) design. (laughs) Like it can be advantageous to... um, use PowerPoint or to have some sort of slides or visuals to share. Now, like we said, you'll have any documents that you would normally show up and ready because it'd be really powerful to show the the participants something or share your screen in some way. So if you would normally be showing documents, do that. Like uh, use whatever best program there is for that. The agenda, that can be a good thing to display sometimes, maybe in a PowerPoint slide. Probably the biggest place that a PowerPoint could be used in a meeting is to simply display sort of headings to let people know where we are in the meeting or within the agenda. Mm. Now, I wouldn't use a PowerPoint just for that. I would, um, if the only thing you have to display is headings of where you're up to in the agenda or title card sort of thing, I probably wouldn't bother too much. It's much better to have full screen video of your face um, rather than trying to distract with with visuals. But if you've got stuff that you need to show, be that data or information or, or what have you, and you're going to be using a PowerPoint anyway, Uh, making sure that you've got some slides in there that help to delineate when we're moving to the next section within the agenda. And like always, like or any presentation, keep it super simple, keep it as visual as possible, and don't be dumping whole bunches of text on screen. Because as always, if people are faced with text to read and words to listen to, they're going to read rather than listen to you, unfortunately. Because if you think it's bad that people zone out and stare off into space in a live presentation, it can be so much worse when they've got their entire computer there. Oh, with a whole world and internet of distractions. Oh, yeah. So you have to work doubly hard to actually keep their attention and them engaged. And blocks of text are the quickest way to lose engagement and interest. So there it is. There's our, uh, there's our fastest tools and techniques to take what you currently know about communication and meetings and moving that into the online world, which you know a lot of us have been thrust into very quickly, uh, very recently, but um, it's certainly the way the world's going. And I would imagine, given the situation in 2020, this is going to fast track that a little bit more even into moving to online mediums for communication. Absolutely. And keep in mind, a meeting where you are the facilitator is still a presentation. It might be a much more interactive, collaborative presentation, but it still is. You still need to plan before you get there. You still need to design 
the elements that go into that, and then you need to deliver all of that together as well. The same elements of a presentation are applicable to an online meeting. Absolutely. Specifically, the online meeting, the six areas that we moved through was to, number one, create and keep to an agenda and making sure individual segments have have a time allocated. Number two was to set up your webcam and your computer for success. So that was being aware of what the world is going to see through that camera and having documents ready to go on your computer. Number three, all about holding control. So this was setting expectations to do with microphone, camera, and the chat box. Number four, your voice and body language. Kate talked about how your voice is going to carry a larger load and we need to be extra careful online about making sure we have color and energy. Number five was having a think about and integrating interaction into your meeting. And number six, my favorite as always, a little bit of slide design, keeping it nice and simple and making sure that it aids the forward momentum of your meeting. Hopefully there's been some great valuable tips in there today. If you find that you do need a little bit more support in getting online and making sure that you stay in control of your meetings, Kate and I are running some free online webinars during the coronavirus crisis where we really go into depth to help you build these skills fast and even show you some of the stuff that we've talked about on screen. If you'd like to get on board that, there's a link in the show notes to where you can register for those webinars and all the dates that are available, or you can email us podcast at presentationboss.com.au. Otherwise, thank you very much for listening. Stay safe, stay healthy out there, and we'll see you next week. Thanks for listening to today's show. Head to presentationboss.com.au slash podcast, where you'll find the show notes for this episode, all other episodes, and other free resources. If you have any other topics you'd like us to discuss, email us at podcast at presentationboss.com.au. We're always happy to hear your suggestions for future episodes. Most importantly, we rely on you to share the information in this podcast. If you found value in today's episode, please recommend us to a friend. Or we'd love for you to give us a review on iTunes. It helps more people find us. Have a great week.